Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Lombardi Line here on MLK Day. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. So after battling for the NFC West division all season, here we got it. The Rams, 12-5 and five straight yeah. up. Michael, 8-9 ATS are going to host, obviously, a familiar foe in Arizona. 11-6 and six straight up. Uh, lost the division by a game. 10-7 and seven ATS. What's fascinating about this team is they're, the eight road wins is it hasn't happened very many times. They were eight and one on the road. And one of those wins for Arizona was week four, where you said it may be their best game of the year. They did rush for 216 yards against, and I didn't feel like the Rams were ever in that week four matchup at SoFi. No, I didn't think they were either. I mean, look, they, you know, they, they, they controlled the second half. I mean, the Rams do what they typically do. They started off the game. They were up 10 to seven, but then the, the second quarter, the, the, the Cardinals took the game over. And frankly, they, t- they took it over in the second and the third quarter. They scored 27 points in that area and they built the lead up to, they built the lead at to 27 to 34 to 13 before they actually got it back going. So, I, I mean, Look, the one thing about the Rams when we watch them is is the inconsistencies that you see offensively. They're going to start fast tonight. There's no doubt about that. And they're going to play really well. They'll get the lead, and the Cardinals got to hold on and see if they can kind of match them point for point and and not not let the game get away from them too early. But I think one thing we did learn this weekend is that the West is clearly – the dominant division. I mean, we knew it going in with the three teams, all three teams that are really good. But the East, you know, with two teams is, you know, look, Cowboys went 6-0 and against every team in the East. And we know that that East is really bad. And all those accumulations, as the Eagles have been evidenced by, going against playoff teams, they're 0-7 and being outscored by over 90 points, allowed them to make the playoffs. So we can get this extra playoff game, but there's going to be some teams like Philly and Pittsburgh and even New England. I mean, New England's soft schedule in the middle of the year allowed them to kind of go. When they had to play somebody really that could, especially late in the year, that could utilize their team speed against New England's, New England fell short. So it looks like we're going to get maybe a snap count on J.J. Watt. I bring it up because the Cardinals, it's wild. They were 7-0 and with him. They were 4-6 and without him. Do you expect anything from Watt tonight as far as productivity? I, I really can't, Patrick, because the last time he tried to play it with one of these, it just didn't look good. He went out there, and he's a warrior, and he's a tough guy, and he did everything he could to try to. But does he have enough power? Does he have enough explosion? Can he use it? I, I don't know. To me, they wouldn't be putting him out there if they didn't. You know, as I've often said on this show, there's a difference between being cleared to play and playing well. 
And right. yes, he's cleared to play, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to play well. But they're going to need him. I think Will's right. I think you, you know if you try to make if you try to mess with Stafford, that's hard. You know, blitzing him wise, you got to be able to put pressure on him, rushing for. This is going to be a Chandler Jones has got to have a huge day today. You know, their their front four has got to win. And then what makes me a little nervous is this offensive line of the, the Cardinals haven't has not always been the best, especially with Jones now out at right tackle. He was in right guard earlier. It's a problem. I mentioned the 216. Uh, I believe Edmonds had 120 in week four against this Rams team. But you go Edmonds, you go Connor, and then you get to the, the X factor. They're going to win this game. Kyler Murray has to run. He's got to run. He's got to be another part of the run game. I mean, he's got to be able to handle that. And, you know, he, they've got to be able to do a good job of containing him in the pocket. You know, if 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 they end up playing Beecham at right tackle, if he plays and they move Jones in, you know, Jones is going to have a hard time blocking Aaron Donald. And the movement is going to be created by the ability of by the ability of of Murray, and I think the last time the, in the, when they played him in Arizona, Murray missed a couple guys wide open. He didn't play well. He has not played well down the stretch here. Let's be real honest here. He hasn't, and that's been a real problem for him. I mean, he's he hasn't been the most dynamic player going through the season. And the last time they played, when they lost, you know, he was 32 for 49 in that game through two interceptions. You know, yeah, he got a bunch of completions. Now, you know, in that game, remember, he took off and ran, had the big run for 60, you know, he ended up running for 61 yards, but that's not typically what he's done. When they, when they beat Dallas, he ran nine carries for 44 yards. Like he moved, he carried the ball nine times. When they played him the first time, he had six carries for 39 yards, and he was really good at throwing the football. Is that, thir- is that a bet MGM that you got the rush prop there for Kyler Murray? Yeah, 38 and a half set as far as the rush prop tonight for the quarterback there with the Cardinals. Um, I think you got to play it over. I think he's got to go over that, Patrick. I think he's got to go over it, you know? I mean, I think he's, look, you know, 38 rush yards. So the last game he had 35. The game before that he had 44. The game that, you know, he lost to the Colts with that long, long run he had 74. And then the, the game against Detroit, he didn't run at all. He had four carries for three yards. Yeah, and you which just, is we we talked about it, you know, and then the week before that, the Rams when they lost, he had seven carries for sixty-one. Chicago, he only threw in the Chicago game. He didn't really. He only threw the ball fifteen times in the Chicago game, but he had ten carries in that game for fifty-nine yards. That that kind of gets them going a little bit. It, it makes you you can't play man to man. You got to keep all eyes on them. Yeah, it's for, a little bit like too is what we said about Josh Allen. I mean, Kansas City loves to play man to man. But they can't play man-to-man against Josh Allen because he'll take off and run with it. And if Murray doesn't run, then all of a sudden it becomes a real problem. Yeah, and Michael's thought – I want for betters to understand Michael's thought process there of taking a look at the rushing prop. It's not that that complicated. They do take the averages throughout the year. You know, add a few, subtract a few, the book does. uh, But they're going to find the averages for Kyler Murray, and and 38.5 is where they're sticking tonight. Michael says if they're going to win the football game, you're going to want to bet the over on the uh, Kyler Murray rush prop. The Cardinals stumble into the postseason. They're one and four straight up and ATS, Michael. And, and over the last five, and that stretch began at home with that 30 to 23 loss to the Rams. What's interesting is they outgained the Rams in that matchup. It was the two turnovers. Conversely, yep. that's exactly why the Rams lost at home and the Cardinals won there in Los Angeles. It was the turnovers the other way. So that it, that's going to be key tonight. 
No doubt. No doubt. And look, we, we know this, you know, when he came back from the injury, you know, he missed really, he missed week nine through 12 because of the injury. When he came back, you know, he really didn't run the football. He ran it against Chicago. He didn't really throw it. And then the Ram game, he ran seven times. He had the big run. And, of course, we know in the Colt game. But he, since that, he hasn't been the same guy, really. I mean, the last four weeks of the season, think about this, Patrick. He's averaged 6.27 yards per attempt, 5.7 yards per attempt, 6.9 yards per attempt, and 6.1. That ain't going to cut it. The first four weeks of the season, he averaged 9, 11, 9, and 8. Making plays down the field. Hopkins is in there. Who's going to be the big play guy? I mean, I think that's the issue right here. The numbers don't lie. You know, the numbers don't lie. Since he's come back off the injury, he's had one game where he's averaged over seven yards per attempt. And that was the Chicago game. He was at 10 at 8-7. He only threw it 15 times. All other games, his numbers are well below what he needs to be. No, you, I mean, you framed it perfectly. If you're betting Arizona tonight, now, again, you're getting the hook on the three, so there you go. But you're, you're expecting a team that you haven't seen for the past four weeks, both offensively and defensively. You, this is trending the wrong no way doubt. for the Cardinals. You're, 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 and, and you haven't seen this quarterback either. We haven't seen this quarterback play – he hasn't played like, like we've like down the field with throws down the field since really when he played. Uh, you know, when you go back to you know, you probably got to go back to Green. You know, like let's say when they played Houston, he averaged nine point three two a, a throw. Yeah. I mean, you know, the beginning of the season when he was dynamic, he was at nine, eleven, nine, eight. You know, and then it just started going down. Why? Because he can't see, he gets hit. All of a sudden, he's not staying. I mean, the last two weeks, even in Dallas, he averaged under seven yards per attempt. And we, should, we could pose the question, where have we seen this before? Oh, yeah, we saw it last year in the second half for Kyler Murray. This is yeah, a repeat, no a facsimile of exactly what we saw last year. And he doesn't have Hopkins now. It's huge. You know, he doesn't have Hopkins. So he's got, he's got to, you know, now he's got to, it's got to be A.J. Green, you know, and and he's got to find a way to manufacture some kind of uh, ways to to make big plays down the field. I mean, that's the challenge here, right? They've got to find a way to make plays down the field. Now, equally, Matthew Stafford, who his numbers were gaudy, over 4,800 yards, 41 touchdowns, which only trailed Tom Brady. I mean, the numbers were gaudy, as I mentioned. But since week nine, 11 picks, four pick sixes. I mean, this is this is not the same quarterback we saw weeks one through nine. No, no. I mean, he, you know, he's not, I don't think he's healthy. I think, you know, Will made a great point about Kittle. I'm not sure that, you know, we know he's going to play. We know he's a warrior. We know he's a tough guy, you know, so he's going to play, but I don't know how his body feels right now, you know, and I think he's kind of beat up in the last, even though they've won, you know, six of the five of the last six games. I mean, he hasn't after their two game losing streak or three game losing streak, excuse me. You know, they they haven't he hasn't been this dynamic and he's turned the ball over and that's going to be the key of the game. I mean, he's I think McVay is going to play this one close to the vest, not turn it over. He's going to make his plays, take advantage of it. He's going to play a little bit like he did against Seattle when he beat Seattle 20 to 10. Effectively, 21. He threw it 29 times in that game. He averaged 8.4 yards per attempt. Didn't, you know, didn't make made one mistake in the game on the interception down by the red zone. But for the most part, he played flawless in that game, and they ran the football effectively, and I think that's what we're going to see tonight. I wanted to ask you about McVay's approach, and I can do that by asking you about Sony Michelle up at BetMGM's rush prop. They've got him set at 56 and a half, Michael. 
you know, I think he's got to go over that, Patrick. I think they've got to run the ball. I mean, look, Green Bay has run the ball on Arizona. You got to run the ball. I mean, I, I think we one of the biggest things we didn't, you know, if you're a Raider fan, how do you go into Cincinnati and Josh Jacobs averages 6.4 yards a carry and and you turn around and, and, and have the ball in Derek Carr's hands 54 times in a, in a close game, in a close game. This has got to be a game where you want to control the pace. You want to be able to utilize your play. They're going back to the golf offense tonight. They've been on the golf offense lately, and that's what they're going to do, and Stafford's got to throw it. Tremendous start to the breakdown of tonight's wildcard matchup with Arizona and Los Angeles. When we come back, let's talk about that total quickly because, as Thomas mentioned, they've got under liability there at the Borgata at 49.5. I do see a DraftKings is sitting at 50 off the 49.5 opener, so we shall discuss. We'll talk about the pacing of this matchup tonight in Los Angeles at SoFi, where you're going to see the, what should I call it? Oh, the big game coming up later as well. We continue. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay. It's VP podcast. If you missed any part of our show or anything here on VSEN and schedule incomplete, go to VSEN.com slash podcast. Don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast, catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your own schedule. So you can go to VSEN.com slash podcast, get beating the book with Gail Alexander market insights with Josh Applebaum plus Hardwood Handicappers, JVT, Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast, Hoops, and more. It's all up there. And remember, Lombardi Line now available wherever you get your podcasts, but a very easy place to start is vcin.com slash podcast. Okay, Michael, uh, as I mentioned, a little liability there next to you in Atlantic City on the under tonight. Uh, I've got some really interesting under trends. What's fascinating, obviously, we can just start with turnovers. You know, Murray was tied for second in the league with 13 fumbles. He didn't lose any of them. Right. Is that a fascinating stat to not lose one of those a, 13 he dropped? It's wild. It, it really is. I mean, especially considering that, you know, he plays in ideal conditions most of the time, you know. I mean, yeah, I know he went back and played in Chicago, but they, you know, they played in Detroit too this year, you know, and then he goes to SoFi. He, went, he didn't play in Seattle. You know, Colt McCoy went in there and played there. So, yeah, I mean, I'm surprised by that. But I, I think when you, you know, his ability to uh, 
he needs to do a better job of hanging on to the football. Let's be honest. I mean, that he can always get those back are hard to do. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple trends for you on the total. The under is 17 and five and the Rams last 22 at home as a favorite. And those would, um, those are McVay coached games. The under also cashing in 13 of the Cardinals previous 17 games on the road. That is, that's interesting. As you take a look at a big picture, because these are two offensive minded head coaches. Um, but the, the numbers point to the under, and we heard from Thomas Gable, who's got that under liability over there at the Borgata. Well, you know, the last time they played him, it was 53, right? What are we at now? We're at 49. We are 49 and a half or 50. 49 and a half. And so when you go back and watch that tape, I mean, a lot of that is the Rams only had the ball nine times in the game, you know, and they were able to score three touchdowns, kick four, three field goals. So they only punted three times the opening drive of the game. They punted and then they didn't punt again until the third quarter. So they were able to. And, and then Arizona had the ball 11 times, right? They had 11. They started the game off on a nice drive. And then they had the, then he turns the ball over. They punt, touchdown. I mean, they moved it. But what, what why they lost, why the Rams were able to get more get advantage of the game is they the obviously the turnovers. And so, you know, for me, I think both teams will get about 10, 10 possessions. And I think based on previous history, I think both teams will move the ball. I'm kind of leaning over here. I know there's liability on the under, but I think both teams will move the ball effectively unless unless McVay really slows the pace down and just tries to go on, you know, 12-play drives. But he had two 10-play drives. One went for a field goal, one went for a touchdown the last time they played. So I think, you know, that's kind of what, what hasn't always been the way he does it because he can strike quickly. But I think to me – the turnovers, obviously, as you said, lend itself to getting more points. But I also think that uh, this game, if it goes fast pace, I think the cards can play that one as well. You know, for betters waiting to get involved in game, I just picked a couple of things up from where you're coming from. What McVeigh is trying to accomplish on offense will give you an idea in game of how to attack the total. And then the willingness yep. of Murray to get out and run. Murray yep, is mercurial. Right. He seems moody. I, I'm not trying to project. I'm just saying he it's, sometimes it's like it almost feels like he gets bullish. Like, I'm not going to run. I'm going to throw from the pocket. And I'm going to prove that I can do it. You know, there's a little bit of a, a bullish streak as far as his personality. I wish I was around the team more. I, I don't get himself that he endears himself with his teammates. It's going to be great to watch tonight, the body language, you know, his reactions. I mean, A.J. Green's a Pro Bowl player at one time in his career, and, you know, and he's and he's throwing his hands up at him like yeah. when he ran the wrong route. You know, it's one thing for Brady to get mad at Johnson from Toledo over there because he, <laughs> he stops running, but, you know, it's another thing. I mean, A.J. Green's been in the league a long time. He knows how to run a route, you know, and you're throwing your hands up like it's his fault. I, I just think to to me, there's, I don't get the sense that he's endeared himself with his teammates. I totally This agree. is going to be a huge game. I think it's a huge game for him. I mean, you know, because he hasn't played well, and they're going to need him. To, hey, Kingsbury put it right on him. He's going to need to play his best game. This isn't Mac Jones. This is the number one overall pick. Expectations are sky high. That's right. We put so much of, yeah. we put so much of un unrealistic expectations on Jones this year. This is a dude coming into what, year three? I mean, this is, this is number yeah. one overall. The expectations are sky high. Perform. I mean, it's like people blaming Mac Jones for the, the way the, the, the Patriots lost to the Bills. Did anybody watch Jones that was game? Good. Jones was fine I mean, in that game. If it was two-hand touch, that game, if they were playing two-hand touch in Buffalo, the Patriots probably wouldn't have touched them. There were so many times where they just got outran. I mean, it wasn't even close. 
It wasn't even close. The, the, the Bills were playing at five different speeds than the Patriots. And to blame Mac Jones is absurd. And so I'm with you. To me, this is like you got the first pick overall in the draft. You got a guy who's got – now, I know he doesn't have Hopkins. But, you know, Zach Ertz, you know, it's funny. The Eagles got rid of Zach Ertz right after the Tampa game. And they became a two-tight end team after they got rid of Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is a good, dependable player for him. And Weddle's going to play tonight. Like, I'm going to find out, you know, to me, if I'm, if I'm Kingsbury, I'm going to find out. I'm going after Weddle. You going to hide him? You going to play right. zone with him? What are you going to do? I'm going after him. Like, I want to see. You've been on the couch. You've been like me. <laughs> you've been eating Fritos and, and, and watching games. Like, let's see what you can hey, do. That's what you get when your roster is super top heavy and you're, it's an, indoor, no doubt. It, it, that, look, and TJ Watts, great. And Micah Parsons is great. Let's be fair. This, the best player on the planet, that side of the ball is still Aaron Donald. And in the, in the matchup where the Rams dominated and won, he had three sacks and constantly put pressure on Murray. He could be a difference maker. He is the difference maker because the inside position of the Cardinals offensive line isn't very good. If Jones is in there playing right guard, you know, with Garcia at center and Pugh, I mean, they can be taken advantage of. And so he gets, you know, you can slide the protection to him, which would then leave, you know, Von Miller alone. It would leave Leonard Floyd alone. I mean, they would have, they got, they got a way to put some pressure on this guy. So for me, you know, I mean, Donald can take this game over. But I, I got to see it. You know, you got to see it. Sometimes he does, and sometimes it's not because he doesn't play hard. Just sometimes the other team actually can match him. But, you know, for me, I, I think this is all about Murray. Can Murray make plays? <laughs> it is funny. Like, you think about the secondary and what they gave up for Jalen. And Jalen Ramsey's great. But the reason they're bringing, in, right. <laughs> they're bringing somebody off the couch is because, I mean, they spent on six players, and they spent unwisely on, on Todd Gurley, and they've kind of found themselves in this spot. You know, and golf and golf on golf. I mean, they've had they've had to keep trying to give and they keep giving away draft picks. I mean, look, I'm going after I'm going to I'm going to make these safeties. You know, Taylor Rapp's not going to play. He's the free safety. He was getting them all lined up. So, you know, with him not being out there on the field, you know, who's going to cover if you get into some empty formations and they want to they zone it off much like what we saw with the Raiders. Right. How to how to keep Burrow from getting beat up every play. Go empty. See if they're playing man or zone and take the easy throw. Get the ball out of my hand as quickly as I can. I mean, that's what they did. I'm going to go. I mean, there's no way they're going to put Weddle in a one-on-one situation. Weddle's going to be probably 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, he's, there's no way. So that puts Nick Scott in coverage. You know, who's covering these guys? It's a challenge. And, and you know, look, let's face it. They got away with Devontae Dean. I mean, the last time they played. Can they get away with them again? I don't know. I mean, I, I think to me the lack of depth on this on this Ram team eventually will show up in some of these games. And there is, you know, a Stafford aside in the 49er loss, which was a great game aside, um, th- these two teams are respectively coming into this with different vibes. I mean, the Cardinals have not been good, to, to be fair. And, no, that's true. You know, and I think that's why the hook's there. Because it does feel like a three-point game either way, wherever they're playing. Like, you know, if you go to the Arizona, okay, throw the three on there. But I think that extra hook is, 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 is hanging out there. I know our, our, my good buddy Jason, who's a huge Cardinal fan, he feels very bullish about the cards tonight. And my only caution would be, what are you seeing that leads you to believe that they're just going to snap back? You know, the coach is green, to say the least, in Kingsbury. 
Yeah. I mean, and, and you, what tells me, tell me why we think the quarterback is going to snap out of it. I mean, and he might, and he could definitely do it. And he certainly has enough talent to do it. And we've seen him do it. But, you know, he, and against Seattle, he didn't do it. Against Seattle, he didn't do it. And, and he got, and they scored 30 points in that Seattle game. And really, Seattle gave them 14. They got to pick up the fumble for a touchdown in the first play of the game. And then uh, Russell threw an interception late in the game. And they moved it right to the four or the two yard line when they respotted it. So, you know, to me, I think that's, you know, what, what lends us to think that Murray's going to just turn it on. And the way Seattle rushed them, I think if you're Raheem Morris, you're going to utilize that pass rush exactly. They built that pocket perfectly, and they made Mary play small. Got a bunch of TVs uh, with the networks on up above here. Michael, you've been to this studio, and I'm just laughing at the header on one of the networks. Has Bill Belichick won his last Super Bowl? <laughs> be careful. Be, be, be care, be, I, mean, I understand you got to titillate, but be careful with that header. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it's the. I mean, it's unbelievable. I just read. I mean, I, I was on Twitter and so, you know. I mean, somebody's just on his daily show. He's going on. I mean, like, get a clue. Nick Wright. Nick Wright came out and said that Bill Belichick ruined Mac Jones by running at every play in Buffalo. Are you serious? I mean, that's your theory. Come on. The receipts will be kept. Has Bill Belichick won his last week? My goodness. Okay, we continue. Got still plenty to go. Josh is next here at Lombardi Line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. VSEN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year. We talked about it earlier the big game, big dance special. This goes through April 5th, so it's $69, under 70 bucks, and you're going to get the big game betting guide, which is voluminous. And you know what the big game is college hoops betting guide, of course, daily best bets. Uh, they, they come right to your inbox, so it makes it very efficient if you don't want to do your own capping that day. 24-7 video access, betting split breakdowns on every game. And it's a great deal for $69. Beeson.com slash big deal. It's Beeson.com slash big deal. Okay, Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We head out to New England and say hi to our buddy Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod, vcin.com slash podcast. A little later today, I'm betting across America with Pritch as well. Hi, Josh. How are you? Hey, Patrick. Hey, Michael. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And guys, before we break down the big uh, game tonight, obviously Monday Night Football, thank you to the NFL for giving us a Monday Night Football playoff game. Let's take a look back to this weekend, guys. Number one, if you're a dog better like me, it really wasn't a good weekend. You saw a lot of chalk, a lot of favorites do very well. Four and one straight up, four and one ATS. Uh, and really, this was a, a, you know, a great weekend for the public, a bad weekend for the books. Again, just kind of no brainer, just late with the favorite lay it at home came through, came through for you in pretty much every game. And even going back to yesterday in particular, you had late movement toward Philly. Again, we were doing Lombardi line eight and a half all the way down to seven. You believe it or not, you had that late movement toward Pittsburgh as well. You know, they were hovering around 13, 12 and a half, got down to 12 or even 11 and a half. Didn't matter. Obviously the favorites roll here, guys. So I think this sets up for me a bounce back spot to look at Arizona tonight. We'll have the full breakdown, but anytime you have the public do really well and they're just going to be kind of fat and happy and say lay it with the Rams tonight as a favorite, I think we're bound for some regression here. But really overall, uh, a rough weekend if you're a contrarian better like me. A lot of these big chalk public favorites did uh, really well. Yes, sir. I mean, it was what yesterday the favorites went two and one straight up ATS. Interesting non-correlative as far as the unders, Josh, two and one. So let's start there. Let's do a little inverse and we'll start with the total because Thomas Gable gave us a nugget there at the Borgata. They've got some under liability. Talk about the opener here tonight and what you're seeing as far as the total. 
Yeah, so Patrick, to your point, I guess any consolation to contrarian betters, unders are three and two so far to start the yep. playoffs. You've seen some of these unders come through. But to your point, Patrick, uh, this kind of looks like a, a little bit of a line freeze here with the total, maybe some reverse line movement. A lot of these books at one point, you know, open 49 and a half, 50s, kind of stayed 50 uh, for much of the week. But we are seeing today on game day, and again, pay attention to game day movement. You didn't have good examples yesterday with the movement to the Eagles and the Steelers. But with totals, we've seen them come through pretty well so far, three and two to the under. And a lot of these books are now falling down to 49 and a half. So uh, again, at BetMGM, they're reporting about 70% of bets on the over. Yet my question is, why didn't this go up to 51-52? It stayed where it's at or even fall, or even has uh, dipped a little bit here. And a reminder, this is would be a divisional matchup here. You're not, you know, no elements, no weather. You're indoors at SoFi, but kind of a lot of familiarity tends to benefit the under. And you are seeing no movement up, but it's either stay the same or fallen. I'd lean under in this game. Yeah, good point about the familiarity. Um, let's go mm -hmm. ahead and let's, let's take a look and you could throw it to Michael as far as some of these games that we've got the numbers on Tampa Bay, of course, waits, awaits the winner tonight in Los Angeles. Uh, we'll start with Cincinnati and Tennessee, Josh, um, where did it open? Where is it sitting? Yeah, I'd love to get Michael's take on this because, again, when you're looking at these early numbers, remember, there's kind of two ways to look at it. If you see early movement, that means Sharps kind of like it. Maybe their number versus what the odds makers have is a little bit off. Uh, or you could look at it as, hey, beware of a head fake where we see, you know, early movement early in the week one way and then gets to a number that the Sharps like. Then they'll hit it back at higher limits and get a better number. But we can only go off of what we've seen over the last 24 hours. And really in this game, Bengals-Titans, guys, movement a little bit toward Tennessee. You had Tennessee open as a three-point favorite. A lot of these shops are now creeping up to three and a half. I think this is maybe going to be a battle between a lot of these, you know, Tennessee minus three versus some Bengals plus three and a half. I also uh, am interested, interested to see the percentages in this one because after what we saw from Jamar Chase, I know they covered the number. It was somewhat of a close game. Do you get a lot of public love for the Bengals getting points, maybe in a, a buy low spot for Tennessee? But Tennessee, again, three up to three and a half. Early movement, Michael, has been toward the Titans here. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think a lot of this and this movement, if you like if you like the Titans, I would take this number right now because I think once this injury report comes out for Cincinnati, where they are, you know, and they're depleted as they travel into into Nashville and, and trying to play in that environment and handle all the things, I think it can be a problem. I think this line's gonna creep up. I could see this being at four and a half by the time we kick this thing off. Henry's gonna practice this week. They think they're gonna get him back. You know, we know this Cincinnati defense has been really kind of hurt by the injury and their their ability to play the run. And I think if, if the Raiders would have run the football more you know, instead of 13 times in that game to Josh Jacobs. I mean, they had one run with 20 yards for Carr, but they only ran it 14 times. The Titans are going to run it. The Titans are going to run it 35, 40 times, and they're not going to make mistakes. I just think this is a vulnerable spot. I see this line. I don't think this line was perfectly set when they started. And it didn't look good on the field there, Michael, in Cincinnati for the Bengals starting defensive tackle in Ogunjobi. Uh, he is officially out for the rest of the postseason. Right. That's a big loss for them. No doubt is a huge loss for them. They don't have a lot of depth on their defensive front, you know, so they lose somebody like him, especially a really good run player and an inside pass rusher, you know, and, and DJ Reader gives them a big physical guy. They went with the kid. They they traded with the Giants for P.J. Hill. They got him in there to play him, Mike Daniels. I mean, those it's going to be hard. I mean, that's a hard. Plus, remember, Trey Hendrickson had a concussion, too, in that game. Mm -hmm. So they had lost him, you know, and does he come back? Where are they? You know, and I, and I still think you can attack this secondary. I mean, Mike Hilton's a really good slot player. 
But, you know, that's a harder – he's a little guy going against A.J. Brown. I mean, that's a tough matchup. This is going to be a hard matchup for the Cincinnati defense. I really think it is, and I think Tennessee will take advantage of it. I think that number is going to trend the opposite direction. Okay, Josh, same question for San Francisco and Green Bay. That's the late one. Uh, open, and where is it sitting? Yeah, early movement here toward Green Bay, guys. I don't know if this is a, some maybe some smart money on the Packers or an injury-based play because we did see two really important defensive guys for the 49ers go down in that game yesterday. Uh, both Fred Werner, their middle linebacker, and uh, Bosa, uh, their great defensive end here. We're going to have to wait on their status to see if they'll be able to play. But a lot of these books open Green Bay, laying four and a half, laying five. We've seen it now get up to five and a half. It looks to be a really lopsided play early. And again, be careful with percentages on a Monday. It could be 50% now. It could be, you know, 30 or 60 by the time you get later in the week. But you're seeing heavy betting on Green Bay at home. They've been great ATS. They're rested in this spot. Again, the injury is here to San Fran. The line is now four and a half up to five and a half. But I'd be saying to myself, maybe you get some of these guys who can play. But really, in, in terms of a number, I'd be waiting out on San Fran if you can get a key number of plus six. That's going to be a, probably your most contrarian play of the weekend. Also, you have these stats here that did come through yesterday with Jimmy G as a dog, even though he had that kind of lat, uh, that late bad pick and Shanahan as a dog, both above 60%. So early movement to the Packers guys uh, forecast there at Lambeau. You did go up a little bit. Maybe that's the bad, you know, injury news here uh, for the defensive guys of San Fran, but some of those 48, seven and a half creep up to 48. It doesn't look like it's going to be a crazy weather game. It's going to be freezing at Lambeau, 20 degrees. Be careful early in the week with these forecasts, Patrick. But uh, again, nine mile an hour winds. It could be cold, but nothing yet in terms of snow or rain or, or terrible winds. Thoughts on that number jumping up the Packers way, Michael, early here? It didn't surprise me at all. I mean, I think it's all injury-related. You know, you lose Bosa. You know, Warner, to me, is the critical number. I mean, he's the critical guy in that defense. He's the Mike Backer. He sets the defense. You know, and I think that's really going to be the concern. And you're going into a, a team that's well-rested. We don't know what Green Bay's injury report. Is Barkari going to play? Is Turner going to play at right tackle? Where are they? I could see this line moving. I think it's going to stay right here for a while until we get some more data coming in. You know, I, I think this, these are lines right now. I think we saw Buffalo and Kansas City jump a little bit. To me, this is – I don't know if we're going to get any real action on moving this number until later in the week. And finally, Josh, I thought the most fascinating opener was two and a half um, <laughs> in Kansas City. Just kind of the, market, the, the bookmaker saying, okay, market, what do you want to do with this? Uh, where's it sitting now? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much exactly where it's at, Patrick. And this game is going to be fascinating for multiple reasons here. But you're totally right. Open two and a half. Some books were two up to two and a half. I saw two and a half down to two. But I think there's going to be a battle between your perception of these teams. On the one hand, how do you not take Buffalo as a dog getting points? Recency bias will come into play. But it's somewhat even. Both teams coming off a blowout win. The other half of the coin is how do you not take Chiefs below the key number of three? So to me, this is one of those plays where your perception is kind of going to define maybe what side you like, but also what's the, the next move. I, I doubt the odds makers are going to get to three. I don't think if they get, if they go to three, you're going to have a ton of Buffalo bills money at plus three. I think kind of what Michael said, maybe this is a split the difference and maybe see where this thing goes based on the handle. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I just think to me, you know, you can make strong arguments for both teams in this game and both teams played really well. The, the Chiefs turned the ball over, the Buffalo didn't. But then I think we also got to wait on weather too. What kind of wind is in the game? Because I know Josh Allen played really well in cold weather. He's from Wyoming, but there was no wind the other night. We'll see where the wind is when we get to Kansas City, see what the weather's going to be like as well. Okay, Josh, on the way out here, um, give me an NBA play here from MLK. Now, Michael's old team, the 76ers, coming up here 2 <laughs> o'clock your time, so 11 o'clock my time at the Wiz. Uh, it looks like the Wiz might be getting bet a little bit here, right? Drop down from 3 to 2, 1.5-ish. 
Yes, yeah, so moving here toward the Wizards. Again, great day to bet. Uh, pay respects to MLK, but a lot of day sweats. Uh, three down to one and a half line movement going to the Wizards. The other one that caught my eye, uh, the Portland Trailblazers. They're going to the Magic here. CJ McCollum looks like he could be returning. They've been playing better as of late. Uh, you also have uh, Portland, some good road refs in their favor. They open around lane one. They're up to two. I'd look at money lining the Blazers here with McCollum back. Great stuff. Market insights. You can check it all out there. Beeson.com slash podcast. Thank you, Josh. Appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay. We come back, we continue. I'll get Michael's final play on Wildcard Weekend, closing out tonight in Los Angeles next. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's a special offer that continues this weekend wildcard round. BetMGM, the king of sports books. So you bet $10 to win 200. All you do is place a money line wager on either the Rams or the Cardinals. If either team scores a touchdown regardless of the outcome, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets for new bettors. VSEN 200 is the code. VSIN 200 is the code. VSEN 200 betmgm.com or download the app you got to be 21 years or older it's a new customer offer all promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements it's issued the reward is a non-withdrawable free bet on-site credit okay 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue Michael Lombardi in Jersey I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas as we get set up to close out wildcard weekend for those that are curious Michael here's the the timing for the divisional round. So of course, two on Saturday and two on Sunday, the early game. So four 30, your time is going to be Cincinnati, Tennessee. And then in prime time on Fox on Saturday is San Francisco, Green Bay. Doesn't get much better than that. I want just to start, that right? Make, that should make Troy happy. He was a little upset. He wasn't in Dallas yesterday. You could see that, right? Oh, I mean, he was, he was bitter. not happy. Yeah, yeah he, really better. He, yeah, he was wow. he he let it be known. I don't know if he's got a contract yeah. negotiation coming up, but he was creating leverage. It did seem. Um, I just as an aside, do you did you do you leave the volume on with Romo and Nance? Uh, yeah, it was on during the games. Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, because Millie Millie's watching it. We're all watching it together, so that you know, I have to play to the crowd. You know, <laughs> usually I would. Uh, you have thoughts on but, Romo as know. a. An analyst, I, I, I think you know. I, I like when Tony gets into the the game theory. You know, for me, 
I want somebody who's going to talk the game, not talk technique of the defensive back. You know, and I, and I want to talk about, you know, what we're not seeing. You know, why wasn't the ball getting to Cooper? Why were they having such a hard time moving the ball against this 49er front? What was actually going on? You know, I know, he, you know, Tony loves Kellen Moore and he's, you know, he's with. But I want to know, I want to be able, which has to be explained, what's going on here? Because not everybody had a great day yesterday. I mean, when they went up to the box and said that, you know, the, 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 the Cowboys are this, you know, the Jones, the Jones family is an incredible marketing family. The team's worth $6 billion, but they've won three playoff games in the last 20-some years. I mean, so they haven't been that successful on the field. They've been tremendous off the field. But I think what happens when you do these games, you have to say something nice all the time or else, the, you know, the teams get mad at you. you, you know? He was biting his lose, tongue on we, that. Yeah, he was biting his tongue on that deck play we, late. Yeah, we lose, as viewers, we lose honesty and we lose the education of the game because people are so guarded to say, look, this is really bad. I mean, you know, the, the, it goes both ways, you know. Like, look, I mean, you didn't expect this fake punk, Kyle. Okay, that was horrible. Kyle would probably be the first one to tell you that was a really stupid play on our part. We knew it was coming and we just didn't do it, you know. And then where is the execution offensively? You know, where is the, what's the game plan? Like, I don't, I don't know what it was yesterday. I watched that Cowboy game. I watched the tape today, but I had no idea. They're running plays. They weren't ever really attacking what they do. And when you play this Pete Carroll style, that's man on the outside, cover three, you've got to run people through and replace. You just can't run the beaters. They run the beaters better than you run them. And when the rush is dominant like it was, it becomes really hard. Sunday, you've got Los Angeles or Arizona at Tampa Bay. Michael, that's 3 your time. And then 6.30 your time, Buffalo, Kansas City. So our primetime games Saturday and Sunday are about as good as it gets. Yeah, we'll get Brady in the late. In the late well, they'll be in the late. No, they'll, they'll be, be in the Brady early window. Early it's going to be Buffalo, KC. Early late. window. Buffalo, KC late. You know, look, I mean, I, I don't know who the Bucks would rather. I would think the Bucks would rather play Arizona. I think that Todd would, would probably be able to do it. Bowles would match up well. You know, Arizona's not going to run the ball on, you know, especially with the Vita Vey back inside and, 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 and Sue in there. They're probably not going to be able to run the ball. And then they can attack. Brady can attack the Vance Joseph defense pretty easily in terms of how we'll manipulate it. So I think they would probably, where the Rams could keep, could keep it pace with them, you know, and it could be. But I think that's, you know, look. The San Francisco, these final four teams in the in the in the NFC and the final four in the AFC are, are good teams, and they, and they played played well. And now it's going to come down to is Cincinnati strong enough health wise to go forward? We shall see. Is San Francisco strong enough health wise? Can they go forward? We shall see. I think a lot of it is health related, and we know the teams that are rested, Green Bay and Tennessee, have a huge advantage. They may start slower, but they have a huge advantage because their health is much better. Yeah, it is. And what was it, week three, a 10-point loss for Tampa in Los Angeles. So we did see the matchup between the Rams and the Bucks earlier in the year. I don't know how much you can take away from that very early matchup, but 
Um, yeah. We did see that matchup. But look, early. I mean, the Bu- the Bucks got to get some guys back. I mean, they've you know they've got to get some of their players back. There's no doubt. Now they need Fournette back. There's no doubt, and I think they'll get Fournette back. There's no question they will. They get him back. That certainly gives them a power runner in the backfield, which they could have really used against the Eagles. But they did enough against the Eagles. They did exactly what they had to do against the Eagles to to make it worthwhile. You know, they turned the Eagles over three times. They were able to run the ball. They kept Brady upright for the most part, and they were able to coast to a victory. I mean, that was probably as easy as a game as they've had in a while. I mean, the Jet game actually was harder for them than that game. Did you enjoy the panning to the crowd in Dallas and the uh, reactions from the Dallas Cowboy fans? It was uh, pretty (laughs) pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for them. Yeah, you feel bad for them, right? I mean, these people love their team, and there's such great pride in their team. and, And they've seen this horror movie before, and they knew it was coming. I mean, and they and they and they just don't understand why it won't change. And when you when you have 14 penalties and you don't coach, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. And clearly, all year long, this team has allowed it to happen. They're one of the worst, most penalized teams in all of football. You can blame the officials, but winning playoff games is about attention to detail. And the one thing I think we could say honestly about this Dallas Cowboy team is they had no attention to detail all year. And, you know, and then, you know, McCarthy's decisions during the game to go for it, not to go for it. I mean, when he punted the first time, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, it's it's just bizarre. And that's all he does. That's all he's doing. Right. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't seem to be overly involved play to play either way. Right. No, they tell me he's he he doesn't want to call. I thought he would. I thought he's itching to call it and he's not. He's kind of manages the team, makes sure the buses are on, and he does kind of does all that thing, and he lets Moore run it, and he lets Quinn run it. The one guy we've never heard anything but just absolute praise for in character is Dak Prescott. He'll regret forever him saying yeah. that you know the, he was glad that they it's were horrible. throwing stuff at the official. He's a good guy. He probably he was just speaking out of emotion. I'm sure he'll come. I'm out sure with he was apology. frustrated like everybody is after a game. I mean, it's, I think it's the hardest thing to do after you get your butt beat like that is to go there and. You know, and, and you can't, I mean, look, Belichick, he got, this, this team got killed. You know, there's nothing you could say other than they just kicked our butt. And really, Dak, there's really nothing Dak could have said other than, you know, we're, we're hanging on by a thread to get into that game. We had no real chance. That last play of the game was meaningless. Let's talk about some of the other plays where we screwed it up on. Yeah. Let's talk about the holding calls that we got. They're all false. The, the, the penalties we could control. Let's talk about the overall game plan of that game. What were we trying to do offensively? Tell me what we were doing. They didn't change their front the whole day. I mean, they were in the same front the whole game. What were we trying to get done? It's a very valid question. I was asking myself the whole game as well. Okay. You get no rhyme or reason. You could see what Kyle was doing, even though I'm in my man Will Hill thinks it's coaching malpractice. I mean, I like I don't know about that, but I mean you could see what the 49ers game plan was. Yeah. They were gonna mix and motion and try to change the strength and try to get their players thinking where the ball was so they could run it. They knew they couldn't block a man on man, but they knew they could misdirect them. And part of coaching is galvanizing juice, man. And the 49ers yeah. had juice, and that you can, I get, you have to credit Kyle for having his team ready to go. I mean, no doubt, no they had way. juice, they were ready, and they had three different seasons, right? I mean, it's just like he yeah. he kind of navigated them through a very big lull and got them back, and that's a, a sign of a good head coach. It is, and I mean, just imagine if they would have had another player on that team helping them. 
Yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, just have about a minute and a half here. Let's get into it. So Arizona, Los Angeles, rubber match. We mentioned it. Three and a half. It's one ten everywhere, and then forty nine and a half. We'll start with the side. What do you got here, Michael? You know, I, I'm going to lean a little over here. I know everybody's playing the under. I, I, I like. I think it's going to be a little bit of a higher pace game. I think it has to be. I would take the points if I in Arizona only because I think it's over three and a half. I think it'll be a close game. I don't really like the play. I, I, I don't trust either quarterback, you know, but at three, I think Kingsbury, I think Murray's got to really show up today. National game, it's, it's his time. I mean, it really is his time. I think there's a lot of pressure. We didn't talk about this, but there's a lot of pressure on the Rams. If the Rams don't win this game, I mean, we talk about Dallas, their season and their future can easily slip slide away. This is a huge, huge pressure game for the Rams. And Matt Stafford, the way they've allocated their finances, a lot of it's yep. now. It's if not now, when, yep. as we say. If not now, when. I mean, the future is now in Los Angeles. There's no doubt. Okay. You enjoy it, Michael. M. Lombardi NFL. Thanks, Patrick. You got it, buddy. Enjoy your Monday. I'll see you next time. And those of you betting on the game tonight, good luck. Coming up next here on the Lombardi line, odds on. It's B-Sin, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare